And so when you approach your business and when you're building out your sales program or you're auditing your sales program or you want to make your sales program more efficient, look at it from the sales rep experience anytime. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to episode number 60. So we've been going hard and fast this last couple months. We've been doing three episodes a week. It's been it's been pretty nuts. It doesn't sound like much when I talk about it to other people because I'm like, all I have to do is three hours of work a week, and then Ryan does the rest of the work, right? And my social media team d- cuts up everything from there, you know, and promotes it on, on social media. But uh, a few changes that are coming up. We're going to continue the three episodes a week, but I am going to scale back the posts about the podcast on my social media. So what I'm noticing, and I'm sure you guys that build your machine or work social media pretty well notice too, is that my my posts about the podcast or my teasers uh, about the podcast, uh, audiograms is what they call them, don't get as much traction. And so from the time that I started this podcast and started really investing in my social media, when I was doing one episode a week, I felt like I was getting a lot more traction on my social media, a lot more like-minded people following me. And uh, now I feel like that's slowing down and I'm actually losing some, losing some followers, you know? So what I'm thinking it is, it's the constant, you know, three times a week of posting about the podcast. So right now I'm posting anywhere from 10 to 12 times a week, but three of those are, are always going to be about the podcast. You know, we're doing reels and all that other stuff too, which all this stuff is going really well. And I do get a lot of good feedback from my network on it for sure. And then people that are hiring me or people that want to come work for us. Right. Um, but I think it is overkill on advertising on my personal social media on the podcast. I'm going to start using my Facebook page, building great sales teams for more of that. And so, uh, if you haven't joined that yet, Go ahead and join my my Facebook group, Building Great Sales Teams, and we'll get you added in there. And then that will be a lot of the podcast-centric stuff as well as conversations around that subject, right? Um, I actually just returned from South Carolina. Just got back uh, a couple days ago, and uh, I was over there for Philip Sessions' event, the Upstate Small Business Conference. And it was, a, it was really an amazing experience one because it was my first like speaking gig to other business owners you know and obviously I spoke in front of hundreds of salespeople and done trainings and you know led my staff and all that stuff so I do a lot of public speaking and then the podcast itself I've gotten a lot better at getting rid of the ums and you know what I'm saying and us and everything that people use as fillers right but it was a really cool experience because I, I spoke on a subject that was incredibly important to me, which is uh, building an intentional legacy. And it was really well received. I felt great when I was giving the actual talk because it flowed really well. It felt natural. I only had to use my notes a few times. There was considerable uh, 
amount of more us and us, ums and us, which, you know, makes sense for the first time that, you know, I'm speaking to that group. But I, I do see a future in that, so I'm pretty excited about it. So getting into what I wanted to talk about today, which is something that, you know, we stay hyper-focused on, but can get out of control at times, right? And, you know, as business owners and sales management, you know, we recognize that we're hurting cats a lot. And a lot of times we get into this mode where we treat salespeople like this thing you have to deal with, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is is crazy when you really think about it because that's what's driving your business. Sales drives your business. And the salespeople often are the hardest workers in the room, point blank, you know. They don't have a clock in and clock out time. They're constantly in one form or fashion, prospecting, processing, closing a deal, whatever the case is, right? And so what happens is when we're building our systems and processes, um, we tend to forget what the experience like, especially if you're operation-centric, you know, you, you may have done sales and you may have been a good salesperson, but, you know, everybody recognizes when they're sales-centric, marketing-centric, operation-centric, you know, we all have our, our, our talents. So, you know, early on for me, it was operations. I stayed, I stayed behind the curtain when it came to sales. You know, I did a few talks in front of the, the team and the company, and I did trainings and all that. Don't get me wrong. I was the first sales manager, right? But I found my strength in the operations and the backing systems and coordinating my team to make those flow well, right? And what happens is, and one thing I never lost touch of, though, was the sales rep experience. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. The sales rep experience, I love that term. And the reason I love that term is because as soon as I started focusing on that term is when I saw my profit margin go up. And I saw my retention go up. You know, I saw the same faces stay with the company week after week, month after month, year after year. And what I mean by that is the sales rep experience is is two things. One, it's the life of the salesperson with the company. So that's from recruiting to onboarding to training to uh, the sale and sales process, right? And then um, opportunity structure management, all that that whole experience. And so the first thing that needs to happen with the sales rep experience is it has to be laid out. All these things that I've given you guys in the past, these tools, you know, the onboarding process, the recruiting process, whatever the case is, it all has to be laid out like a timeline. And you have to look at each section and make sure that it is fluid and it's fluid and it flows really well for the salesperson in terms of their experience. Because if you're working from a place of the sales rep experience and you're truly putting yourself in their shoes, whether it be because they're a 22-year-old, you know, that just came from flipping burgers, or it be that they're a 35-years-old experienced salesperson killer, you know what I mean? You, as long as you're truly putting yourself in their shoes, then you can build out a program that benefits them. And a sales program, at its core, needs to benefit the sales rep. And then what you do is once you have built out a sales program that benefits the sales rep, 
and makes it easy for them to focus on selling and making money, then you work backwards. Then you work backwards from there and you adjust things to make it profitable for the company. But your first goal, your first objective in mind is to build out a sales program that makes sense for the salespeople. Otherwise, you're going to be able to recruit salespeople all day, promise them the world, and then when it comes to executing, your sales program is going to fall short if it's only built for profit. So if the first thing you're doing is your commissions, then I would back off of that. The first thing you should be doing is looking at the commissions for that position, for that product in the marketplace and making sure that you are at least somewhat competitive and then making sure that they can make six figures, right? And these are things that I talk about a lot, but I, what I'm trying to get across to you guys is the vantage point of considering all these things from the sales rep's point of view. Now, if you're brand new to building a sales program and you don't have your first salesperson or you only have a few, this is going to take some imagination to do, right? But as you build out your sales program, you've got to make sure that you put yourself in their shoes with every step in the process. So this is the the life of the salesperson, the life of the salesperson with the company, right? So the other the other piece to this, once you feel like okay, I feel like somebody can come in into this business at an entry level or laterally, and flow through the process really well. It's laid out. It's explained for them. It makes sense. It's, it's right in front of them. All they have to do is execute. All right, we're in good shape there. All right, compensation-wise, they can make good money. They have opportunity for promotion. They have opportunity to get into management. All that looks good. Now I've got to kind of like adjust the compensation. I've got to adjust the amount we're spending on recruiting. I've got to adjust how many shirts we give them in the beginning. You start tweaking all these things to make sure that the profit comes out the other end. You know, we had a conversation, a couple of conversations last week at that small business conference. And uh, one of the first things I told one of the guys that's in construction is you've got to know your numbers. You know, you want to build out the sales program. You want to stop being the salesperson for the company. You've got to know, you've got to be able to spit out right then and there, what your gross profit is, what your net profit is. So you understand, okay, if I want to hire an entry-level salesperson at 30 grand a year, base salary plus commission, then I've got to have the 30 grand in the company already, right? And I'm not saying that you have to have all 30 grand, but you got to have at least three months of it, right? And three months of operating expenses. So at any given time, you've got your three months of operating expenses in your your three months of salary for the salesperson. And the idea is that you've built out a sales program that once they get to a certain point, they pay for themselves and then that they can make six figures, you know? And I, I talked to them about that too. I said, with, the, with inflation the way it is and the, and the cost of living, if you don't have a sales program that can get them to like 80 plus with room for bonuses to get to six figures, then you need to rework that sales program and keep working it until you get to that point. So all that aside, that's the the sale the the life the life of a salesperson in your company, right? The the growth path, the opportunity structure, whatever you want to call it. Now let's get into the actual sales process. So this is where a lot of 
business owners and sales managers mess up because they expect their salesperson to do too much admin work, too much operations, too much customer service, right? None of those have the word sell in them, right? You want your sales team to be able to focus on selling. So walk yourself through what it takes to prospect a customer, to set the appointment, to close the sale, to process the sale, and then to fulfill the sale. What does it, what physical work, what buttons do they have to push, what things do they have to fill out, forms, all that stuff, what do they have to do to complete that sale and fulfill that sale? And if it's anything outside of prospecting or closing the sale, then you need to scale that back in terms of their uh, scope of work. The more that you make a salesperson do admin work, and processing work, and fulfillment work, the less they're going to sell. I mean, it sounds simple, but you guys do this constantly to where your salesperson acts as a, a, a an office manager or a project manager. You need to keep their mind on sales and their customers. You know, obviously customers come first because they've already closed them. So if a customer reach out, reaches out to them, they have got to be able to have a process to quickly and efficiently get the customer what they need. And obviously, if you can coach your customers to reach out to your customer service team, even better. You know, but we know as salespeople, we always want to take care of our customers. We, we never want to leave our deals hanging or reliant on the back office, right? Now, we can do that when we have confidence in our back office, when the back office is paid well and they're taken care of. And so, anyways, going back to the sales process, you've got to make sure that you've got your salespeople hyper-focused on selling, okay? So the, the things that they have to do, they have to work these softwares. They have to work these web forms. They have to work these CRMs. The closer you can get them to opening up one application and being able to disposition in there, being able to move customers in stages, if they need to do project management, should, should be doing that. But if they have to get involved and do that, basically a hub where they can access their customers, access their prospects, process those sales, and then they can check on fulfillment in that hub. You know what I'm saying? There's great CRMs out there that can, that can accomplish this. You know, if you've got, you got a really good budget, then Salesforce is second to none in terms of being a hub for CRM sales processing, uh, payroll, and uh, customer updates, and fulfillment updates. Salesforce is, is second to none. There's a reason they're so damn expensive is because that software can do anything if you have somebody that has been trained on Salesforce. Most of these other softwares are marketing-centric or project management-centric, and so you have to have multiple places that you can go. But you need to be able to shield the salesperson from those multiple places as much as possible. If you can have something that they can fill out on their iPad or on their phone and they can move on to the next sale, you're in great shape. Google Forms are great for that. Uh, go, go high level. Um, they call them websites, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's just a, their version of a Google Form um, are really great for that. The nice thing is, is that starts... 
the customer fulfillment process, but your back office handles it, right? You need to keep them focused on prospecting, selling, and recruiting, right? And so when you approach your business and when you're building out your sales program or you're auditing your sales program or you want to make your sales program more efficient, look at it from the sales rep experience. Anytime that I have done this and I have doubled down on this, one thing happens every time, my profit margin increases, and then another thing happens sometimes, my overall sales increase. But the profit margin increases because your individual salespeople end up having more production because you're focused on the sales-centric things that make them money, and so are they. They end up happier, your retention goes up, and you keep people longer. So you really have to focus on the sales rep experience. If you haven't done that in a while, if you haven't audited that whole process and walked through it, whether it be the, the basically the onboarding to management growth structure of the salesperson or it be the sales process, go ahead and audit those as soon as possible. Okay, the second thing that I want to talk about, and this is after the sales rep experience. You know, I know a lot of companies aren't going to like this, but it's the truth when you are managing sales teams. The sales rep experience is the most important thing. After that is the customer experience. And the reason for that is is you're not going to have any customers without salespeople. And yes, I understand you're not going to have customers very long. You're going to get bad reviews and stuff like that if you don't have a great customer experience. We are not average here. You're not listening to this podcast because you are average. You can focus on both and create great experiences for both the salespeople and the customer. All right, so let's go into the customer experience. So the first place that you audit the customer experience is their interaction with the salesperson. You know, you, in, in, we may need to back up here, and it may be marketing, it may be the uh, initiation of a text campaign, right? Depending on how this lead comes in, you want to audit those processes, make sure that everything's spelled right in the text, in the emails, in the ads that you put out. Make sure that your colors, your logo, your company looks the same from the ad all the way through to the checking on you email you send them in one year. Like it needs to be fluid, and it needs to look uniform. Because this is your chance. You've just started branding with this customer. Make sure the branding is clean and consistent throughout. So that, that's the first piece of the customer experience, what they see and what they experience from your company, right? Now when we get to their actual experience with the salesperson, part of the customer experience is the salesperson's appearance. So make sure that your salespeople are coming into the office, coming into the trainings, and starting their work day looking good, okay? And that, and trust me, I understand that this is 2022. But, the you, you know, we know what put together looks like. And we know what it looks like when you rolled out of bed, right? So you can have a beard, but have it be trimmed and cleaned up and clean shaven where it's not growing a beard, right? Have a, a, a hat on, but have the hat be clean and not sweat marks and everything else on it right? This is part of the customer experience. They're, this is a representation of you. And yeah, the more fit salespeople you can have, the better. And honestly, they're going to sell more when they're fit. 
people do. They look at fit people as uh, authorities because they have discipline in their lives. That's just the reality of the situation. So without getting into too much detail in all this, you've got to audit your customer experience, right? So their experience with the salesperson is incredibly important. Make sure that the messaging in that sales presentation and sales pitch is consistent with the messaging in your marketing. You've got to match those things up. Because then the customer keeps getting hit with the same key key lifestyle changes that they're going to have if they get your product, right? And so once, once the sales process is done, the uh, sales part of the customer experience is complete. Now the weight really goes back on the company. Now your customer service is incredibly important. You know, obviously, now you've got a new customer. You've got to fulfill them. You've got an install date. You've got uh, products in their hands. Whatever the case is, whatever you sell, you've got to make sure that that customer is happy. And so the first thing you do is like a plus five or a two, 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 right? Two days after install, two days after they receive their product, whatever the case is, you give them a call. Say, hey, Mr. Mr. Jones, just checking on you. Hope you're having a great day. Wanted to make sure that you got everything you needed, that your product has been installed properly, and that you don't have any issues with it. Also, Mr. Jones, is there anything else that we can do for you today? Okay, there's not. Well, great. Um, as you know, anytime somebody is researching a product, they look at Google reviews. Mr. Jones, I would love it if you were able to give us a Google review today, and I can text you the link right now. Can you go ahead and take care of that for me? Okay, great. And then once they fill out the review, you might shoot them a text or give them a call back and let them know, hey, Mr. Jones, thank you so much for reviewing our company. I don't care if it's two stars, guys. Thank you so much for reviewing our company. We want to send you a gift card for for your time. You send them a $10 gift card to Subway, $10 gas card, or if you're in solar, you got a little more margins to work with. Maybe it's a $25 Chili's car. Whatever the case is, send them to dinner. Get them something to eat. People love food. They love it when you pay for their gas. It's that simple. There's plenty of websites that you can ship it out. You know, on the, I'm, I'm always looking for efficient ops to where we don't have to physically go to a customer's home unless we're trying to get referrals, right? And then you got another two days, right? And that's when you ask for the referral. And another two days, and that's when you check on the review or the referral and you ask again. Two zoo twos, making sure the customer's happy. You can do two days, two weeks, and then two months is the best way to do it. And this shows the customer that, hey, the sale is done, they got paid, and they're still servicing me. So that's a huge part of the customer experience. Now, any time that you can include gimmies or swag or anything like that, anytime that you give the customer a chance to represent your company and bring in referrals for you, take advantage of that. You know, as some of you guys know, we've got our own energy drinks, so we drop off two cases of those energy drinks to every solar customer that we install. And they have a QR code for a custom solar quote on the back. But everything else about the energy drink is just about the energy drink. And they taste great. Customers love them. They hand them out to their friends and family, and then boom, 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 we start getting leads from that custom QR code or directly from the customer in our Argenta Solar app, which is another piece of the customer experience. So should they want to monitor their solar system, they can do that through the app as well as they can enter referrals in the app. 
And so the legitimacy of your company is going to be expressed throughout the customer experience. You know, having an app helps, having an energy drink helps, having, you know, being easily easily able to give away hats and t-shirts and everything else to your customers as a, as a thank you for being great customers. Now, if you want to take it a step even further and you want to employ things like giftology, then you can absolutely do that. And we all know there's nothing like getting a customer a, you know, $200 block of kitchen knives with their family name on it, not your name, not your logo, their family name. That is going in the kitchen. And every time somebody compliments it and every time they see it, they're going to think of your company. And so it's just an easy spark for them to send you more referrals. And so as you're auditing this customer experience, again, sales rep experience or customer experience, you need to look at them without profit in mind. Go through the whole process, go through the whole audit, audit your whole process without profit in mind. Put together the most badass sales program, sales rep experience, sales rep processing experience. Put together the most badass one. And then, obviously, if it's not profitable, start backing things off that don't affect it as much. It may turn out that you're spending money, extra money on something that's not important to the sales reps. And that's sometimes the toughest part because if you don't have a team yet, you've got to use your imagination. If you do have a team yet, then you should already know what these things are driving them nuts because you should be having conversations with them once or twice a month. Individual sales reps as well as management. Management you should be having conversations with weekly. And then the individual sales reps as the owner or the regional or the VP, you should be having conversations with monthly. Just to touch base with them and make sure that they are having a good experience. They will tell you the truth if you just ask for it. And so these are two things that are constantly on my mind. Uh, you know, we're somewhat new to solar. We've been in it for about 14 months now. And right now, I'm not happy at all with the customer experience or the sales rep experience for that matter. Our installs are taking too long. You know, that that... That's that much longer that the customers have to wait for their energy savings, their solar panels, whatever the case is. So we are going hard at our install times and reducing them by any means necessary and by any cost necessary. I will probably lose a hundred to $200,000 over the next six months because I'm dialing in that customer experience. Solar is a whole different animal. Some of you may not need to spend that to correct your customer experience. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to. And on the sales rep experience side, same thing. If you've got good people and you have a bad sales rep experience, make sure you have the relationship with them and you show them the end in sight. You show them the light at the end of the tunnel. That's what we've been doing this past week. We've been letting them know, look, we've got everything dialed in. we got our core values. we got our opportunity structure, our scope of work. We've got a great sales program. The money's just not coming in fast enough because the installs aren't getting done fast enough. So we've got to get all over it. You know what I'm saying? And we're asking them to go along for the ride with us. And we're making we're making adjustments where we need to make adjustments, whether it's in base pay or advanced pay, whatever the case is. We're in, in, continuing to in, invest in our people. And that's what I would encourage you to do if your customer experience or your sales rep experience is lacking. And you need time to make up for that. 
you know, obviously we talk a lot about hiring on core values, about uh, creating a culture centered around core values, and we've done that already. That's why we haven't lost half of our team already because we're able to retain people that believe in our mission and believe in us. And so now we've got to go to work and make sure that they, they have a reason for that, which I can tell you 100% that they do. Wayne and I will do whatever we need to do to make sure that they have a good experience and their customers have a good experience. So that's the name of the game, sales rep experience, customer experience. Audit them as soon as possible if you haven't recently and audit them from the customer's point of view. Audit them from the sales rep's point of view. Stop looking at your business at 30,000 feet and seeing how it all connects together and the money pops out the other side. Because the money will stop popping out the other side if you don't have these things dialed in. I appreciate you guys. As always, please leave a review. That's the only fee that I have. And share all this stuff on social media. Let's get these this activity going. Let's get this movement going about building great sales teams. And in the end, like I talked about last Saturday, building an intentional legacy. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day and let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of building great sales teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like share and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe. So you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.